Hi, I'm Pastor John, and welcome to the Spirit Life Podcast. With me today is Pastor Sam Meza from uh, Living Hope Community Church in San Fernando. Sam, it's great to have you with us today. John, it's wonderful to see you again. Well, brother, uh, listen, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, you've been pastoring Living Hope for how many years now? Uh, this year will be 40 years. 40 years. Wow. And, uh, and still going and going strong by God's grace. Amen. You guys are doing great work in the community. Yes. Okay, Sam. So today's topic is burnout. Wow. And we all hear about that topic, right? People burning out, just getting, you know, right. uh, hitting their limit and they kind of fizzle out. Um, I like to introduce burnout. You and I were very fortunate. We we had a chance to to meet with uh, Dr. Chris Adams. Yes. From Azusa Pacific University. And, and Dr. Adams has been in, involved in this study uh, of clergy. And he gave us a lot of great notes on, on burnout. Right. So just let me read a little bit on that. Yes. Uh, the question is, what is burnout? So burnout is a syndrome of emotional exhaustion, uh, depersonalization, and reduced personal accomplishment that occurs in individuals who work with people. <laughs> right? Well, right. definitely clergy, right? We work right. with people. But that includes a lot of other different kinds of professions, correct? Exactly. Okay. So it's uh, uh, demoralization, compassion fatigue, too much caring, too little, too little resource is how uh, the bullet points that Dr. Adams lists. Um, causes of burnout, he goes on to say situational conflicts, mm -hmm. uh, inadequate support, inadequate rewards, ongoing minor conflicts, low-grade depression, Irrational expectations. I think Ooh. we really put those on ourselves, don't we? Yes. Um, let's see here. Lack of assertiveness. And uh, who burns out? So this will be the last uh, section I want to I wanna discuss. Who burns out? Um, determined idealists. The overcommitted. The overdedicated. Overly sympathetic. Um, type B personalities. Uh, they feel feel more intensely, don't use support systems, uh, more easily demoralize, and don't have the energy to escape. Now, uh, he lists the differences between uh, stress and burnout, how they differ. And, he, and, and Dr. Adams says, stress is over arousal of the adrenal system that leads to breakdown of several body systems and stress diseases. So burnout is a over arousal of the emotional system with loss of empathy, caring, and detachment. Mm. Uh, you become demoralized and uh, disillusioned. Both end in forms of depression. And uh, wow, that is uh, That's pretty, pretty intense. Man. Pretty intense. Yeah. And so anyone working with people, anyone in the caring profession, is definitely uh, can be vulnerable to burnout. Yes. Uh, so Sam, basically, I have some questions for you. Uh, do you think clergy are the only ones uh, susceptible to burnout? Can it affect everyone? Absolutely, everyone, and everyone can be uh, impacted by by burnout that leads to depression. Okay, um, Sam, you experienced burnout some years ago. Yes. Uh, would you care to share with us your story? 
Yes. Well, I've, I've been in this ministry of quite a few years, and uh, I can look back now and understand that I never really took the time to reflect on what was happening inside of me. And I kept moving and going and working hard, and uh, I suffered a trauma, a fam family trauma, in 2006. And I never addressed that trauma in my life. I just kept working, serving, loving people, uh, loving my wife, doing what I'm called to do, basically. And uh, it caught up to me uh, five, five years ago. And all these symptoms that you just, just described, I can see them happening, were happening in my life at that time. The uh, attachment couldn't, couldn't fix myself. Normally, when I went through minor bouts of depression, I would kick myself and boot myself back up and keep going. But I found that this, this time I couldn't do that. And I was suffering uh, some very heavy depression and I couldn't get myself going again. So I took a sabbatical and uh, started uh, dealing with the hard questions in my, my life. And uh, I realized, uh, I went to a counselor and he told me, uh, you're, you're burned out basically, you're, you've reached your end. And, um, and you need, and he helped me work with me through some of the, the issues that I was dealing with. And uh, thank God today, I feel 100% better. Okay, so what steps are you taking today to avoid burnout? Well, I've learned that, number one, I have to focus on the essential things. Uh, I, was, I was the type of personality that's, that said yes to everything. And, and I began to realize that I can't do everything. I can't, be, I can't be a savior to people. I can only do what God has called me to do. So I've had to learn how to say no to some things so that I can keep my sanity, keep my, um, uh, my life in check. Uh, also, I believe that developing a friendship and, and relationship with at least one or two people that I trust also helps me stay focused on, on, on what I'm called to do. So there are other factors, of course. I think our number one issue and uh, is is distraction and uh, in our fast-paced world we keep moving without ever taking the time to reflect to meditate to uh, develop some form of solitude and even silence and about five years ago I started practicing these so-called disciplines in my life where I take large portions of time uh, to be alone, to be quiet, to be at peace and rest uh, with myself, to ask the hard questions. Why do I feel the way I feel? Why am I bothered by this action of someone or uh, a circumstance that has come up? What is going on with me, inside of me? What is uh, underneath, you know, the iceberg, basically. And uh, I have, by God's grace, I have stopped a lot of, you know, unessential activities that 
rob me from knowing who I am and understanding myself. It's called self-care, basically. Learning to care and support yourself and not feeling guilty about it. Because, you know, I grew up feeling guilty about anything to do with self, you know, that you're, you're selfish and you're, you know, self-centered or whatever. But I'm realizing the, the difference between the two. There is, there are people who are self-centered, but I think we have neglected throughout the years in churchianity, in, in Christian life, the fact that Jesus took care of himself. Jesus went away and lived in moments of solitude. So those are the things that I'm learning to do to keep myself from ever burning out again. <laughs> I think that's the greatest challenge we face. Right. Uh, I, you know, ministers, we're in the profession of, of caring for others. Right many times uh, putting others' needs uh, before our own. Mm -hmm. And so the challenge would be for ministers that are just multitasking, so involved with so many things right. uh, that they face, uh, I would say the stay-at-home mom, mm -hmm. uh, correct, or the career woman, uh, the man who has juggling school and his profession, family. Oh, yes. We have so many things that are played. We're trying to juggle family and try to juggle uh, careers, and, and I think finding that time for self-care. Yeah. Well, that's the, that's the million-dollar question. And that's the, the gnawing question that I'm dealing with. How do we get 21st century believers, you know, to take this time? And how, how do we motivate them to do that without putting a guilt trip on them? You know what I'm saying? So uh, the, I'm doing a series, as a matter of fact, on the vital signs of, of uh going deeper in, 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 in knowing yourself and knowing God. And um, and this is, uh, it's not perplexing, but it's something that we have to grapple with as pastors, I believe, for true discipleship to take place in the church. I, I, I took a, recently took a course at, at seminary and uh, on spiritual formation, and the professor said some words that, that really caught my attention. He said that without practicing solitude, you can't really uh, grow very much spiritually. Right. Words to that effect. Okay, yes, yes, uh, yes. Not, not a direct quote, but it really, it really uh, got my attention uh, because pulling yourself away from ministry and just being alone with God, oh, and man. even practicing silence, which is, as you pointed out, Jesus did regularly. Yeah. I think it's it's hard for us to imagine that. And yet, it's in those quiet moments where we can not only reflect on what's happened, but hear God's voice, hear the Lord speak to us, impress our hearts. Yes. And uh, that's a discipline that we must regain yes. uh, today in the 21st century as churches. And that's something that everyone uh, yeah. has to do. Well, I'm, I'm finding out that when you're busy, even as, as a pastor, you, you start developing secondhand spirituality. In other words... You know, you're, you're, you're really, you're really you know, opening your heart to other people's opinions of the Bible, the other preachers or whatever, other, and you're not taking the time personally to have a firsthand relationship with the Lord. Wow. And, and wow. so uh, a, lot, a lot of Christians today are living secondhand spirituality, wow. you know, getting, it, getting whatever they can get from whatever source and resource they can get it from without taking the time to personally love God. Mm. We were singing worship here the other, the other Sunday, and there was, some, there was a song that 
just captured my soul. And it talked about just the pure adoration. It was, a, it was almost like uh, enjoying God, it, having, you know, this, this unbelievable experience with God out of pure joy, out of pure desire. And immediately I, I, was, I started to weep and I said, God, I, I, don't, I still don't know that part of it yet. Hmm. I'm so still, still caught up. When do we ever, will we ever on this earth ever truly enjoy, hmm. truly discover how to adore you? And uh, I don't think we, could, we can ever come to that place unless we you know, cultivate and design our, our time. I still believe it can happen. You know, so it seems like an impossibility today. Yeah. And you walk into, you know, a home, a Christian home, and let's say they have four kids, and all four kids are on their computer or their phone. The mom's on the phone. The dad is doing that. You know, and it's just, you know, it's the age of distraction, you sure. know, the age of piecemeal relationships. And it's in every form. To our, our relationship with God is piecemeal. Relationship with our spouse, you know, with people, is a piecemeal thing. A little here, a little there, and uh, so we're, we have a challenge before us. But it starts with with the pastor, I believe. You know, one one great thing that I that I'm grappling with in the second half of my life. The first half of my life was building building the container of doing and being someone valued and being, you know, having a powerful ministry and, and, you know, you know, trying to be the best for God, the organization. And, uh, and now I'm in the second half of my life. Isn't that amazing? What do I want to do now with my life? I don't have the same energy I used to have. I don't have the same goals and desires I used to have of doing something in order to feel valued. And so I'm realizing that I have to become more of a being than doing. Being than doing. In other words, what, what is the greatest miracle now in the second half of my life? I think the greatest miracle in either half is learning how to love. Hmm. Learning how to love. Yeah. That's the greatest miracle. How can I, before I pass from this life to the next life, demonstrate your love, the width, the height, the length, the depth of your love? And you can only do that upon reflection, upon seeing the beauty, the glory, the preciousness of the Lord, and then inviting him into every part of your being, and then letting him that love flow out of you. That's that's where I want to go the rest of my life. Wow. That's where I want to go. Wow. Sam, let's see if we can offer some practical advice to our listeners today uh, just concerning uh, making time sure. for, for that solitude that, that you're talking about. Uh, finding that time where, where we can just be alone with God yeah. and be, not do. Right. Um, I heard it said that Every time you're going to take on a new task, a new responsibility, right. that you have to look at what you're currently doing 
and you have to let go of something. Because if you just keep adding, you will burn out. Right. That's so true. So, so how does it work for you? Some practical advice of just cutting that time, making that time to be with the Lord. Well, just a very basic thing for me was uh, I started going to sleep earlier mm. at night. I go to bed now. I, you know, I used to stay up until 12, 1230. But, you know, I go to bed between 930 and 10. And I'm, so that helps me get up at 430. So from 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 430, uh, you know, to uh, have a good number of hours, you know, and I realize that people can't do that. A lot of people can't. But start small. Start start with three minutes, five minutes where you are alone, where there's no noise and you can just reflect on the goodness of God and allow him to speak into your life and, and then pick it up, you know, uh, you know, make it work, you know, 10 minutes, 20 minutes. And before you know it, the point is it becomes a second nature. You know, it, it becomes second nature. It's not even something you have to even put on the calendar. You're, you're just, you're, you can't even wait to be in the presence of the Lord. You can't, just like you can't wait for you know, your breakfast when you're hungry. You can't wait. That's the goal. The goal is to get to the point where it's just life flowing in your life. But you start somewhere, you know. And and then even if you can't even do that, then I, I would utilize, you know, worship in the car. I mean, you know, finding ways or turning the television off. You know, instead of watching it four hours, watch it two hours. And then that remaining time, spend with the Lord. Yeah. Well, this is some great wisdom, great advice. Uh, Pastor Sam, just thank you so much for sharing your heart, for being so transparent. And God continue to bless your ministry. Thank you, John. God bless you, brother. This is great.